I rather believe the unbelievable of God's word and believe in life. Your humility is to take God's word as it is. When you speak in tongues and you interpret your tongues, this is Young Ecclesia Nation. Tongues and prophecy go hand in hand. These guys the Holy Ghost. They are speaking tongues and they spoke in tongues. I don't care who. If this thing, the Bible says it. Let your heart be flooded with light as you listen to the Word of God in ministration by Pastor Odudu Essien. God bless you. Hi guys. So here we are again on another episode of Musings with Mr. Essien. And um, we've been on First Timothy You've done one and two, so we're going to be doing First Timothy chapter three, and we're going to be looking at a few things here. They're going to have several things, some character, on responsibility, and some other things that I feel you would need to know, and things that just generally stood out to me as I studied First um, Timothy chapter three. Now, um, point to note: these are not exhaustive studies, so it doesn't mean that that's all there is to those verses. Of course, we know the more you study your Bible, the more you will see, the more you will understand, the more things you will piece together, even from other parts, because there are other parts of Scripture that you can study, and they will contribute to what you are seeing in this part. And so, that's just important for you to note. You know, this is not everything there is in this place. These are just things that stand out to me as I study. And so, at um, at this point, um, I expect you to pick your Bibles pick your notebooks get your pens because we are going to do some studying all right now let's pray father in the name of jesus we just thank you we just bless your holy name we thank you because the entrance of your word brings light and so we receive light illumination and understanding in into our hearts we we ask for the wisdom and revelation of your spirits to flood us in the knowledge of your son and then all that as we acknowledge who we are in him, we will grow into the fullness of the stature of Christ, the knowledge of the Son of God. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We ask you to guide our study this day and let everybody who listens receive clarity and understanding and be enhanced in wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. All right. So first Timothy chapter three, chapter one, verse three. It says, this is a faithful saying. It's a faithful saying. All right? This is a faithful saying. Now, it says that if anybody, if any man desires the position of a bishop, if anyone desires the position of a bishop, it says he desires a good work. Now, the work the, the word bishop there just means someone who provides oversight over a work. In other words, just say a pastor. A pastor. Now this when we say pastor here, we are talking generally about a ministry gift. But I'll talk about that and now just know that this is someone who we call a pastor, someone who exercises oversight over a work or who oversees something. And now in this context obviously it's the work of God, the work of ministry. It's not talking about a company or an NGO. Amen. Amen. So, now, it says this is a faithful saying. It's a faithful saying. Uh, or let me use the word, it's a trustworthy saying. It's a true saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. So, look at this. It means that we should all seek to desire 
positions of leadership. Now, not as leadership, you know, leadership the way the world presents it, because the world presents leadership in the light of um, of master servant. That's how the world um, um, presents leadership, you know, like this master servant uh, play. But then that was not how Jesus presented it, and we're going to look at that in a minute. Jesus presented leadership rather differently. In fact, some things that he said that I feel I should point out to you guys. So, let's look at, um, definitely, okay, this is verse um, 20. Let's look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. And it will give us some more perspective about this. It says, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee, children of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, and he said unto her, um, where is that? Okay, and he said unto her, what, will, what is it that you want? She said to him, grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You know not what you are asking. Are you able, says, Are you able to drink of the cup I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said unto him, We are able. Now, um, you need to understand when he was saying cup, he was not talking about literal cup, obviously. He was actually referring to his suffering. And we know that because in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, are you willing to take this cup from me? He said, yet yeah, not my will, but yours be done. So the cup definitely is talking about suffering. <laughs> so he's saying, are you, can you drink of the cup? Talking about death. And I can even baptize with the baptism that I'm baptized. And he said unto them, you shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized. Obviously, maybe we are not going to study on what we call baptism. The baptism is referring to here is salvation, basically. You know, um... Is it uh, was that it says um, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved you know that's what the bible says he who believes and is baptized shall be saved actually that's he who believes which is that he is baptized he is immersed into the holy ghost shall be saved now it says i am baptized with but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give but it shall be given to them for those it has been prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with anger against the two brethren. But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise authority over them, and they that are great exercise authority over them. So in other words, in fact, the, the word in some verses is that they lord it over them. You know, the princes of the Gentiles lord it over them. That's the princes, and that word means the rulers. Of the Gentiles lord it over them. That means their rulership is based on force, is based on accepting authority, is based on being domineering, dominating them, you know, and making their presence felt. That's what he's saying here. He now says, But it shall not be so among you. That's verse 26. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. The word minister there is the word. Diakonos, it just means a servant, so an attendant, a waiter, someone who waits on the person. 
So he's saying here that you will not be your your rulership or your leadership is not going to be the model of lording over people. No, your leadership is going to be servanthood. It's going to be servanthood. It's going to be you ministering to others. You know when we say minister of finance and all that, that word actually means servant. It's not meant to a minister is not meant to be driving is is not supposed to be known to know he's a minister is because you see an entourage passing flashing lights. No. That is only provided because of what he is supposed to do. He's supposed to be chiefly known as a minister. To minister, that is somebody who serves. That is actually the role that the guy plays. I don't know if I hope you understand that you know that's the role he plays. He serves. He serves. So let him be your minister. Now verse 27. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. That means the person that wants to rule among you, that wants to lead, you know, should be the person who is willing to serve. So you cannot take servitude away from leadership in Christianity. You can't if you say you want to be a pastor, you cannot, you must always look at it from the light of serving and not and you know and not the other way around he says 28 he says even as the son of man came not to be ministered to or not to be served but to serve that's to minister to serve and to give his life a ransom for many how did he serve by giving his life you know and so obviously the way you serve is that your life is on the line it means you serve sacrificially you know um it, this thing is echoed elsewhere where he says we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Think, what is that? Ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Okay, let's see if we can find it. Yes, First John 3 verse 16. Hereby perceive with the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You see that? So your model of leadership is to serve is actually servitude it is to take responsibility for others that is what god is saying to take responsibility so it is abnormal for a christian not to desire to serve to take responsibility because the model has already been laid at christ he said here in that uh, matthew 20 28 even as the son of man came not to be ministered to but to minister he didn't come to serve be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So in other words, it means you are supposed to serve. You are called to serve others. You are called to serve others. Not just to serve others, but to serve them sacrificially. Putting your life on the line. Putting them before yourself. That is the call to be a Christian. That is the call to be a Christian. Christianity is not about what God can do for you. It is not about what people can do for you. It is about what you can do for others. A lot of people are in churches and they have this entitlement mindset. My pastor did not call me. My pastor did not pray for me. He did not do this. He did not do that. You are always having... That's a very wrong mindset. You are called to serve. You are called to serve. You are called to lay your life. You know, Jesus said in that place, said, I lay my life down for the sheep. That is your call. To lay your life down for others, to serve others in the gospel, to serve others. That is your that should be your attitude, even your workplace. You are there to serve. Even if you're a boss, wherever position in life you are, you don't need to understand that from the scriptures we see that God's model of leadership is to serve others. So you need to make an adjustment in your mind. Who are, what, what am I doing wrong? You know, you need to adjust to the idea that you must serve. The fact that you it's not an idea, it's a fact. 
that you are to serve. You see, when you get to church, church is not the place where you just go there, you sit down and you take your number and then all of a sudden, and it's bad thing that happens to you. You have a bad dream, you call your pastor. You know, you want to travel because you want protection, you call your pastor. You understand what I'm saying? The truth about someone like me in ministry, many people know I don't entertain such things. You don't wake me up and say, because you want to travel, pray for me. I don't even listen to those stories. Pray for my business. I don't listen to such. Because you should be taking responsibility. You should be taking responsibility. You should grow up. Even if you came into the faith as a baby, you should grow up. You should leave that level where everything is done for you. That's a baby. Think about it. When you were a baby, everything was done for you. You were fed. Even using the toilet, you know, or your, or your what do you call that thing, you know, using the potty, someone had to do it for you. Somebody had to empty out your poop from the potty after you used it. Somebody had to feed you. Somebody had to bathe you, clothe you. If as a baby, you know, um, you could not even turn. As a little when you were born, like nearly born, you could not even really turn well on your own. They had to turn you at night. You know, mothers will relate well with this. Or those of you that would be mothers that like to study all these things will tell you that when a baby, a newborn baby, that after a while you have to wake up and turn the baby so that the baby is more comfortable. You turn the baby here and there so that they don't lay on one side too much and be uncomfortable. You have to keep turning them. You see, all those things were done for babies. They are not they're not done for for adults. Can you imagine if as an adult they are still wiping you, still feeding you, still cleaning? There are people who do that for in adulthood. They are called invalid. They cannot help themselves. Are you an invalid in the faith? You understand? Someone will say, check your life. Check your life. Are you an invalid in the faith? Are you a baby? Are you nepios? You need to reassess yourself. No, you should take responsibility. You get to church. What can you do for the house of God? You understand? Is they won your soul. Three years later, they are still trying to win your soul. Why don't you go and win other souls? Why don't you join your church on evangelism? You understand? And if you're in Yen, if you're in this ministry, why don't you dedicate yourself to it? You understand? Why don't you ask, what can I do here? What can I do? How can I serve? It should be your mindset. You need to correct that mindset. Some people want leadership. Like, we know in the country we are in that people desire leadership because they want to lord it over people. But Jesus said, you're not supposed to lord it over people. You're supposed to serve them. And that is why the model of Christ is that the more, the stronger level of servitude you get to, that's the higher you rise. In fact, you can only rise, you know, to the extent that you are willing to go low. So as you go low to serve, then you rise. That's how it works. It is not the other way around. And so a believer should desire. He said, if you desire, if you go back to First Timothy, he says chapter 3, he says, it's a faithful, it's a true saying. It's a noble thing. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. So if you desire to have oversight, that means you desire to lead a cell. You understand? It just means you be you start a work. You begin to win souls, raise disciples, work on them. You understand? Grow them. Have them win other disciples. Then you are overseeing the work that you are doing. He says you desire a good work. It's a good thing. It's a very good thing for you. It's a good thing. God wants you to take responsibility like that. It's a good thing. What are your desires? In 2018 now, what is your desire? Did you come to this year design? oh, I'll have better grades? Good. I'll have, you know, more money? Good. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do this and do that? Good. But have you taken, have you written goals to take responsibility? Have you had the desire for the office of a bishop or a pastor or to have oversight over God's people? 
to rise in leadership and to lead others, to help others grow spiritually. You have a target for the amount of disciples you want to raise. You know, the Bible says, go into all the world and make disciples. So when you have oversight over disciples, we can call you a bishop or something. Bishop, well, today I know the bishop usually means when you're overseeing plenty churches. Well, you could, that can be a modern day definition, but from the Bible, bishop just means someone who has oversight over a work. And so Paul is advising people, you know, he's saying here that, look, if you have, he wrote this to Timothy, and obviously it's to us, basically. You have to understand that the epistles were written to us. So when you are reading, you are seeing yourself inside there. He's not just talking to Timothy, he's talking to you. He says, so he now says, okay, so that is what is, you know, you desire the position of the bishop, you, you desire a good work. He now begins to explain that for someone to have oversight, that there are certain things that must be in place. He says one day must be blameless. He says the husband of one wife. Well, I doubt this is a youth ministry, so I doubt anybody here is married, but then very soon. The husband of one wife. He says temperate. Temperate means self-controlled. Self-controlled. All right? It means self-controlled. Okay, that's Timothy. Yeah, three verse one. It says self-controlled. Amen? Self-controlled. You must be able, you know, first of all, when we say blameless, it says it means that no one can actually irreproachable. You cannot be accused. That is, you are you have done what you're supposed to do. You are not, people cannot say, you this one, this is, this person is this, this person is that. You are blameless. You know, they cannot hold you for nonsense. You are blameless. And so it says, it says, um, self-controlled. You understand? Now, self-controlled would also mean that you have control over yourself, obviously. It means that you are not given just to all your desires. Not because you want to drink, you feel like drinking. Maybe you used to drink before, you feel like drinking, you can't drink. You feel like smoking, you smoke. You feel like womanizing. Or you're, you know, you're not loose, you're not, you get things like even the, what you say you have to be temperate in things you say now notice this that means that if you are, these are the requirements before you get into that office so before, obviously it means that in all at all times you must be working on your character as a believer you must be working on your character you understand you must be working on your character you must be you know willing to actually change to become more christ-like to develop the fruit of the spirit according to galatians if you look at these things here they're actually just what you see the fruit of the spirit in galatians chapter 5 verse 22 if you can read it down or um first corinthians chapter 13 from verse 4 to 7 which is um what love is and so he's just saying those things so you must be um and this is also for those of you that would seek to pick people you know in leadership these are requirements you know, so it must be temporary. You must be self-controlled. You are not just given to talk anyhow, behave anyhow, act anyhow. You must be submitted to authority. You know, you must be someone that is dependable, reliable. You are self-controlled. You understand what I'm saying? You are self-controlled. Then it says sober-minded, of good behavior. You behave well. You behave well. You have good behavior. Hospitable. That means, you know, hospitable means you are not, uh, what's that word? Let me look for it. Hospitable. Yes? You know, you, you are generous to guests. In other words, you are accommodating to people. You are the kind of person that people you are the kind of person people can approach. Amen. People can approach. You are hospitable. You understand? This also can mean well, you allow people to stay over. You know, you are you are accommodating. You are you, are, you welcome people. People feel welcome around you. The Bible says just people sinners felt welcome around Jesus. 
So you must be, you know, approachable. Let me use that word. Not just someone that cannot be approachable. So that this one, this one is a military man in Christ. Are you okay? You understand? You are approachable. You are very approachable. That's what that one is, you know, saying. It says hospital able to teach. Now look, notice this. It says able to teach. Did you see that? It says able to teach. Let me see it again. Able to teach or skillful in teaching. You are able. So you can see that before you become a... He didn't say you must be a bishop first before you teach. No, he says able to teach. So it means that every believer in the body of Christ should be able to teach. I don't teach. I don't teach. How will you teach your wife and children? You know? How will you teach your wife and children? When you have a wife and children, how will you teach them? Okay, as a mother, how will you teach your children? You say, I'm not a man. If you're a mother, how will you teach your own children? How will you teach them? You know, in the way of God. How will you teach them now? He wants to do ministry. He wants to go into the world and teach nations. Teach nations. So you must be able to teach. Go and teach. Learn to teach. I can't yet. It's true that there are people that in the body of Christ that have grace to teach. In other words, they are specialized. But every believer on a general level should be able to explain God's word. That is what it means to be able to teach. To be able to explain scriptures. So you must be able to teach. He now says, not given to wine, obviously. <laughs> I'm not a drunkard. Not violent. You see that? So look at that. Not given to wine. That is not allowing yourself to be intoxicated. To be, you know. That means, in fact, let's just play. Don't drink at all. He now says, not violent. So obviously, it means you must be a very gentle person. You must be very, very gentle to people. Very gentle, mild, you know. Don't pick a violent person as your pastor. And you that are not a person, hey, thank God, me, I don't want to be a pastor. No. The Bible says if you desire the office of a bishop, it is a good thing. It's a good work. So you should desire it. In fact, there should be something wrong with you when you're not designing. Say, but I'm not called to preach. Keep quiet. In the body of Christ, yes, there are those who are in, in, in the pastorate. But every believer is called to raise disciples. So it means you can exercise oversight to a certain level. For example, you have fellowships you can start in your home. You don't have to be the pastor to, 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 to do that. You get you can actually start in your home and begin to, you know, as you're working on people, discipling people, you're bringing them, you're meeting in your home and all that. And then generally you bring them to church and all those things. You understand? Or if you're in school, you know, as a student, you're working on people. Even if you're in a fellowship on your own, you can seek to start a cell, seek to start a work, you know, take permission from your, your leader you know, the leader in your own place, and then start a walk, start something, you know, start a walk, start, begin to take responsibility for others, you know, use your room for the service of God, meet together, you get, you know, so whether you are called to be a ministry gift or not, every believer is called into ministry, you all have your role, but everybody should be a teacher of God's word, according to this, amen, he says, not violent, not greedy for money. Look at that, not greedy for money. Of course, greed has to do with an insatiable desire. You cannot be satisfied. Is the opposite of being content. Content means whatever I have is okay. If I have more, fine. If I don't have more, fine. That's contentment. But greed says, no, I must have more. I must have more. And greed, no matter how much greed has, greed can never have enough. You know, I, I heard this story and I was just remembering the story today as I was thinking this morning after, after praying. You know, um, there's this, this I had a certain woman in um, one of these big stores in Nigeria here, and she <laughs> she found out that you know, of course, you know, like let's just say in shop rights that you pay many people can pay with their POS, and more people prefer that mode of payment because 
is the fastest way of paying. You just swipe your card and go. You don't have to carry cash. People prefer that. So the woman came up with an idea. I said, ah, all these swiping swipes, the money is entering. So what did she do? She went and somehow registered an account with a bank and then got the POS machine. And she came. So what she would do is that she would replace that with this with the with the company that was a multinational company with the company's own ATM machine. Uh, uh, sorry, their own POS. And as people were coming, you know, she would be swiping using her own, swiping and paying into her own account. And she did it for a long time to the point where she had amassed about a hundred million naira. Not even a joke, but she, it wasn't enough. She said, okay, I'll resign. But she said, no, let me just get up to 200. Then I'll resign. And she, you know, and she did that again. You know, 300 or 400, she still refused. It was when she, I think she hit past 500 that they finally caught her. Imagine that. Greed just will not let her go. She is never satisfied. You see that? She's just never satisfied. She wants to have more at all costs. You understand? And greed and covetousness go hand in hand. You have, we want to have what someone else has. You are never satisfied with your own. You are not content. You must learn to be content with what you have. So as someone who is designed to do the work of God, you must be content. You must say, you know what? What I have is enough for me. I won't. You understand? I'm not saying you should not be ambitious and go for other things. Yes, but while I'm doing that, what I have is enough. What phone do you have in your hand? Is that enough for you? If it's enough, fine. You know what I'm saying? I always like to say that. The reason you should get things is not because others have it, but because you genuinely want to get it. For example, okay, let me give an example now. I'm I'm a gadget person, I'm a techie, and I love I like phones a whole lot. Now, one of the things reasons why I for a while I had wanted a better phone is because the phone I had was very slow, giving me issues and generally bad. And I'm someone who doesn't like lag. I, I want to be more effective. I need a good camera because of the things I do. I'm an artist and I do a lot of things. So the, the phone was going to serve a good function for me. And that's why I decided to get one. Now, it's more high-priced, highly priced. But the point is, if I don't have it, I will not die. You understand? I will not die. That's the whole point of it. I will not die. And so you must be, you know, as someone striving to do that. And even if you are in a position of leadership authority... You must be, these things, you must not be greedy for money. In other words, you should not do ministry for money. You should not be going into the ministry for money. We know that when you do ministry, that there's honor that comes with that. But God is saying that that should not be the reason why you do ministry. Amen? You should not be greedy for money. Money should not be the reason that you want to do ministry. Amen? Now, he says, but be gentle. You see that? Not quarrelsome. Ah, some of you can quarrel for Africa. Check yourself. Are you someone that likes to start fight? You always want to talk your own, talk your own, talk your own. Quarrel. You understand? You say, look, eh? See, eh? Hmm. Let me not show you my mind. No. As my pastor used to put it those days, you say, look, that you have no right to show your mind unless your mind is the mind of Christ. You understand? Keep quiet. You know, stop embarrassing Christ eh, with your life. He says, gentle not quarrelsome not covetous you see that i already spoke about that one who now he says one who rules his own house well having his children in submission with all reverence for if a man does not know how to rule his own house how will he take care of the church of god so in other words you see here that the priority is your family must be ordered than the church your family must be ordered than the church well when you get married it is verse six not a novice now novice here means this person will not be someone that just go up one again the person should have been taken through a few things. You understand? Grown, trained before the person can have oversight over a work. 
is a lesbian puffed up with pride, he falls into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest they fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Amen? And the snare of the devil. So, you can see all those qualifications is for somebody who wants. So, that means you must begin to work. You want to take responsibility. Begin to work on yourself in these areas. Begin to work on yourself in these areas. Now, verse 8, it says, Likewise, deacons must be reverent, not double tongue. Now, he starts talking about deacons. Now, if you want to know who deacons are, deacons just mean servants. When you say deacon, you're just talking about people who serve. A deacon is are people who assist the work that the pastor is doing. They are servants. They serve in the house of God. The pastor is the chief servant, but they are also they, they serve towards what the the pastor is doing. One example of the of, of deacons is in is in um in the book of Acts where you see where the food they were sharing food and um and they got to the point that some um some widows were being neglected and so Paul no no Paul was not then so there then sorry so what did Peter do Peter you know as an apostle said he was they were the leaders they said no we cannot leave the work of god and come be waiting table so he said pick seven people here you know pick seven people here and he gave quite lists of of their qualifications in fact if you can go there we'll come back to timothy let's go to um let's go there and see the qualifications you see that the some of the qualifications mirror what we just read here um so okay if you read from verse one acts from verse one read down you see that it says verse three it says brethren look among you seven men of honest report you see that that means people that are literally blameless honorable men full of the holy ghost and wisdom whom may appoint over this business you see that so obviously they picked the seven of them and then they began other things that's another um topic entirely <laughs> And so, um, so if you look, read down, it says these people must be, um, must be reverent, not do, not double tongued. That's um, first Timothy chapter three verse eight. Not double. That's not double talkers. Not given to much wine. You see that the same thing. Not greedy for money. The same thing. Holding the mystery of the faith with pure conscience. But let this also be first be tested. Then let them serve as deacons, being found blameless. So you see this, that they must be tested first of all these things. The same as those who go for the office of a bishop. They must be tested in all these things first before they now serve as deacons, being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderous, temperate, that is um, what they call it, self-controlled, faithful in all things. Let deacons be husbands of one wife. You see the same qualifications ruling their children and their own houses well now notice this these are not these ones are not overseers for example deacons you want example of deacons in your church deacons the sound guy is a deacon the choir is full of deacons those are people helping in the natural to serve you understand those in the ocean department are deacons you understand people who are serving in different capacities they are deacons but it's saying before you allow somebody to even serve like that you must check their character especially character you see that it's talking about character their motives their hearts character check their character you understand and it says they must also be able to teach so check their character before you appoint them into any of these things even how how they are home how their husbands how their wives you understand it says for those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in jesus christ so it means that the role of the pastor and the role of a deacon are literally 
equal in the sight of God. While the pastor exercises authority over the deacons and all that, but the deacons to God are doing things as in, you know, equally important to God. Equally, but that's why you see the same qualification. You see the same for that means even no matter the position that, that we are put in the body of Christ, in your church or wherever, the same qualifications for a pastor are the same qualifications for you. Glory to God. They are the same qualifications for you. And so I trust that you are going to listen to this over and over again and then look and say, this is a mirror to you. Is this how I am? If this is not how I am, man, I need to change. Amen. Let's just, Father, we just thank you that as they have listened to this word, that they would desire to take responsibility in the body of Christ in the you know and and grow in you lord grow in all knowledge and understanding grow in responsibility we just thank you for this father we give you the glory in jesus name we pray amen god bless you as you practice these things all right till next time bye